0: Hello, and welcome back to another episode of the Winged Stagger podcast. Uh, Sorry, it's been a while. Uh, I'm getting to the point now where I am shooting higher and brighter for my guests. Uh, And with getting bigger guests for the show, uh, uh, the the downside to that is uh, the scheduling. So... The bigger the bigger the guest, the harder it is to get scheduling uh, wired down. Uh, but still getting the people I want uh, to talk to, and that I think you guys are going to want to hear. It's just a matter of being able to uh, to you know lock down the dates and times to get the interviews because these individuals have pretty busy lifestyles, um, and I'm humbled and. Uh, quite honored that they are willing to fit me into their schedules. Um, Also, so that being said, where I used to do the weekly, um, the weekly podcast, how I did season one is I would bank, I would basically record like two or three episodes in advance and then edit those, you know, so I always had a, a, a pool of episodes on deck ready to go. Uh, and I was going to try and do that again for season two, but because of scheduling, it would take me too long to compile enough episodes for a season. So what I'm just going to do is as I do the interviews with people, I'm just going to edit them as I'm able to uh, fit them into my schedule. And then I'm just going to release them. You know, some times it might be week to week. Sometimes it might be a few weeks in between episodes, but as opposed to where it's been a drought for the past few weeks, there at least will be some audio content coming out of the wing stagger, um, for you guys to listen to. Uh, also, I want to thank everyone that's been buying stickers. Uh, that's been pretty rad that you guys have been gobbling them up as much as you have. And as long as you guys continue to buy them and like them, I will continue to make new ones. Uh, that, that, gives me something to do and it's something I like doing so I haven't really done any art stuff in a long time and this has given me excuse to do art related things again and I'm quite enjoying it and uh, as long as you guys keep liking what I'm putting out I will continue to put it out Um, as for this week's episode of the podcast this is another one of those guests that when she said yes I was like I basically crapped my pants and was like oh shit Didn't expect that. All right. uh, Let's schedule the interview. Um, But I was so stoked that she was uh, willing to do the podcast. Um, She is a very... I want to say she might not think of it this way, but she's a very influential soldier and kind of a... When history books are written, she's going to be right there at the top of the fucking paragraph Um, because what she has accomplished is a very significant part of US Army history Uh, if you don't know who Lisa Jaster is you should and if you don't google her and find out Um, Lisa Jaster is a lieutenant colonel in the US Army Reserves Uh, she is part of my uh, my clan. She's a, she's a combat engineer. Um, but aside from being a lieutenant colonel in the army, she is also one of the first females to get a ranger tab. In fact, she is the first female army reserve officer to get a ranger tab. She was part of the inaugural female class that pretty much laid the groundwork and broke the barrier to allow females, uh, female soldiers to go through ranger school. Um, And we discuss all of that in this interview. Um, It was so awesome to finally get to talk to her. I heard her on Mike Glover's podcast like a year ago and was completely like fascinated with her story. And when I started doing this podcast, she was one of the first, like, kind of dream guests. And I was like, man, if I could get Lisa Jaster, that would fucking rule. And, uh, yeah, so here it is, my uh, interview with Lisa Jaster. Lieutenant Colonel Lisa Jaster, the tabbed mom. No, but... Um
1: It'd be awesome to, to meet more people. So it's it is really weird here because um I live in a super small town. Mm-hmm. And so when we moved to Bulverde, which is the, the city Whoa. I live in now. Yeah. Where is I that know. at? Um it is northwest of San Antonio.
0: Okay. See that's why I don't know it. San Antonio's it's kind of the same way Phoenix is in Arizona. It just kinda of like absorbs everything around it.
1: Yes. Yes, so um, it's crazy here because we left Houston and we trained jits in Houston, and you know we were part of a really big community. Um, but then I come here and there's there's jujitsu everywhere. Bulverdi has really three or four Jiu-Jitsu dojos, and then I work in New Braunfels, which
0: what if the, you're a
1: water park? Guy, who named these towns? <laughs> The Germans. Okay. Well, I'm not really sure. I guess Bull Verde is like half Spanish pronounced wrong. Yeah. So I don't really know who named that but
0: one. But New Bromples sounds like a Dr. Seuss uh, name. It,
1: it is extremely German. Wow. Extremely German. So like we have Worst Fest every year, which is well, Okay, based off that's Bratwurst. very German. And, yeah. 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 Um, can't escape it. So what was that guy's name? You
0: said his name's Alan Shibaro. He's a former Green Beret, and now he's a uh, jujitsu black belt in the Dallas area. So that might be
1: okay. Dallas. I I don't even know. I think I've been to Dallas once. Yeah, That's like, like I said, jiu-jitsu.
0: it's probably just a geographical thing. The way okay. So we'll work in reverse order. We'll start with jujitsu. Um, okay. Because like I, I I train in Pittsburgh, so I tend yeah. to know because I compete every other gym within 50 to 100 miles of pittsburgh i know a lot of the competitors and gyms in ohio uh central pennsylvania damn near every gym and mm-hmm. you know a person at my competitive level in pittsburgh um and actually it kind of works the opposite it, around here like the more rural you get the less the less places to train you have like i would if i was uh, a higher level, it would be in my best interest to move back to my hometown and open a jujitsu gym because the closest one there is, you know, fifty miles away.
1: Wow, yeah, that's crazy. Yeah, it's here. Here, my work, even even the guys at my office are are talking about having having a class for employees.
0: Well, that's that that would be, I I I, I, I can't. <laughs> I can't recommend it. It's hard to be into jujitsu and not be kind of like an evangelist for jujitsu. It um,
1: is. It's I, very hard. Yeah,
0: I always found myself. I'm like, ah, I'm that, I'm that obnoxious dude that's just like trying to force my <laughs> my hobbies yep. and my likes down everyone else's throat. But uh, it's. I mean, you can't really explain it to people. It's like one when, when you're doing it, you get it. Um, yes. And it does. It's such a hard thing to sell. It's like, hey, do you want to come to this thing and get real, real sweaty and then wrestle around on a mat and try to choke each other in pajamas? It's. I mean, it's super fun. You're really going to like it. Uh, Yeah.
1: Oh, yeah. And your best friends try to kill you several times.
0: Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Sounds like fun.
0: That was, I think. (laughs) Sorry. I think that was the most appealing. That's part of the most appealing part about it because... When you look at traditional martial arts classes, you might spend shit, you know, six years doing it. Uh, yeah. Unless you're unfortunate enough to get into a self-defense situation, um, right? And at that point, like, where does your confidence really come from? Like, sure, you know, yep. you can throw a spinning back fist or like a, you know, a a a, a heel kick or something like that mm-hmm. against air. Or a dummy, yep. but you yep. have no concept of what happens when this a person's coming at you with the intent to harm you, you know, yes. or jujitsu at the end of every class, you get into a fight and have to defend yes. yourself.
1: Yes. Oh, yeah. Uh, and it has been, so, you know, you, you mentioned earlier that it's kind of cultic, my words, not yours. but. Jiu jitsu is kind of cultic, and I, I always laugh because when I'm not doing jiu jitsu right now, I just had shoulder surgery, so all of oh. this is just making me sad because I'm I sorry. can't do
0: any of it. I'm sorry. <laughs> I, it, I, it I
1: absolutely miserable.
0: I had a shoulder injury at one point in my jiu jitsu career, and it put me out for like three or four months. And yeah, it's, abs- it's the worst.
1: Yes, yeah, so tonight I'm going to the dojo just so I can teach the kids' class there you so go. I can feel so I can feel connected. That's
0: enough sometimes yeah. though.
1: Yes. Yes. Well, one of the kids is my son who's been doing it since he was three and he's 12 now. Amazing. And thank God I'm just a little bit bigger than him because <laughs> otherwise yeah. there is nothing I could do against him.
0: Yep. I, I got my girlfriend and I, uh, our first date was, uh, my academy. My sensei has, he holds the biggest jujitsu tournament in Western Pennsylvania every October. Okay. And, uh, it was right after I had had my shoulder injury, so I wasn't able to compete. And uh, my my gr- my girl girlfriend now, it was our first date. And I was like, hey, I do this thing um, called jujitsu, and my school's having a big tournament. Would you just like to come hang out with me at this tournament? And, you know, kudos to her for being a trooper, because I basically invited her to a thing that she had no idea what it was uh, yeah. into a giant social setting with... Uh, hundreds of people she didn't know and she's like yeah sure let's check it out and uh now she's a murderous blue belt um who nice. is literally like five five feet hundred and you know 15 pounds and will just bow and arrow choke your freaking head off
1: that's awesome that's awesome so she drank the kool-aid huh
0: she shotgunned it she it's it's insane she's gonna be a she's gonna be a a purple belt long before i am Uh, yeah i got my blue belt about a year before her and then this past year with covid and i had infantry school and uh right now my training is mostly focused on um special forces prep so Uh i'm i've just kind of like with covid i wasn't training for like what three four months there i think and then with the yeah from- we didn't
1: have the same situation in Texas so I, I don't understand the-, the words coming out of your mouth yeah
0: our gym our gym just it uh <laughs> it it they, they shut down for about i think two or three months um and then oh wow and yeah and then they started back up um and then just like I said all my training's been focused toward uh special forces <laughs> prep and then and I'm just like kind of like like I said, with the shorter injury, I'm just kind of like paranoid about mm-hmm. tweaking anything at my age. So I'm just like, yeah. you know what? I'll just take a little bit of time off of jujitsu. Um, meanwhile, she's been hammering at it. So I was like, you were already going to be a blue uh, purple belt before me. So uh, yeah. now it's just confirmed and I haven't ruled with her in months. So, and I'm, I don't really in, into
1: i don't need that <laughs> i don't
0: need that humbling experience so
1: yes uh, that's awesome but yeah well, she, good on her and good on you for getting her into the sport
0: yeah and, and but yeah she went she went whole hog on it. I mean, so did I, when I first started, I was working a a wacky ass job where I only worked weekends, but was still like, you know, a 40 hour a week, full-time employee. So I had Monday through Tuesday or Monday through Friday off. So I was literally, uh, I was at the, I was at the Academy every damn day, some days, twice a day. Um, and it was funny because I used to have to tell – I think one of the biggest hindrances in jiu-jitsu is comparing yourself to your peers. Yeah. Especially people you start with. And I used to see guys I started with get really disheartened when they, like, roll with me. And I'm like, hey, man, you know, I'm here every day of the week because I can be. Like, you're here, right. you know, twice a week, which is fine. That's exactly good enough for – like, that's what you have to be. Like, if you're getting right. – like, once is enough a week, you know, – um. I was like, I'm just here every damn day. Like, do not just because we started together, do not like compare yourself to me because I yep. have a ridiculous schedule that affords me the ability to train every damn day. I just, yes. I just got a uh, an E four at my unit in the jujitsu, and uh, he was he was talking about just with everything going on, he's like, I can only get there like maybe once or twice a week. He's like, and he's like, the guys that I'm starting, I started with, are all way better than me. And I was like, ah, 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 hold on, no, don't even, because you're already talking yourself out of this shit. Like, no, don't even. I was like, if you're getting there once a week, that's that's fine, that's enough. As long as it's a
1: lifelong journey.
0: Yeah, as long as as long as you're training, you're fine. No, you know.
1: And that's it with my kids. You know, um, my daughter, she's. She loves the wrestling right now and and it's just she does it because everybody does it together, Mm. but she doesn't love it right now. And and so instead of going to jujitsu, she she does jujitsu once a week on the family night because she has no options. And then the rest of the time she'll go to the MMA class or she'll go to the um, um, the wrestling class. She's just not interested in it. But and I that's mean, okay because it's, it literally is a lifelong journey. Like these skill sets, because especially with jujitsu, yeah, there's a belt system, but there's never a time where I don't roll with somebody, even the most junior of somebody's, and they move different. Yeah. And I feel like I'm reading from the damn dragon scroll every single time.
0: Uh, Sometimes there's, there's nothing better than the the test. Honestly, the thing that tests my abilities, uh, more than rolling with like a, you know, a Brown belt or a black belt is, a is a big old flaily white belt fresh off the street. Yes. That might've been like a D one wrestler at one point, because that's the dude you're going to fight in the streets. (laughs) Uh, So yeah, nothing would test my abilities better than rolling with that guy. Um, and I mean, in terms of your daughter, she's basically saying, you know what? I don't feel like pizza tonight. I feel like a strong boy. Um, yep. It's (laughs) same damn thing. You know, she doesn't want to do jujitsu, but she wants to do wrestling and MMA. Hell. Yeah. Do it. You know? Perfect. It's yeah. Um, but it's, it's one of those things where it's just, everybody progresses at their own rate. Um, And you can't let, you can't let, you can't compare yourself to other people ever. And it's hard. Like I say that and I still do it from time to time. Yeah. I'm like, son of a bitch. I used to throttle that dude. Like now he's catching me in everything. Yes. Um, Sometimes all it takes is a person going away and learning one move. Like I, I remember I fought, do you compete much?
1: I don't. don't? Um, I, I competed. Um twice and once was right after ranger school and once was right after my last deployment. Okay. And I do it more often, but I'm just my my work schedule yeah. and then I had surgery yeah. on my left shoulder in twenty seventeen and surgery on my right shoulder this year. So and I was also really active in competing in CrossFit. Mm. You know, talk about cultic cultures. I yeah. combine CrossFit with jiu-jitsu. So I'm yeah. pretty much just talking about working out all the time. Maybe
0: take up heroin next. I mean,
1: yeah, <laughs> yeah. I know. Might as well, right? Um, um, so, so the interesting thing is, I really do want to get in, into competing in jujitsu. But one of the biggest problems is nine times out of ten, going to a tournament and finding a 42 year old that female to compete against has been quite the challenge
0: yeah my my girlfriend kind of does this thing so she's she's little um and when she was competing i mean she was sitting at like you know 110 112 and it was Mm -hmm. just especially at the blue belt level it's it's been tough for her to she's always competing up either Mm -hmm. usually it's weight uh that she's competing up uh and sometimes especially in nogi uh she's competing up a belt class or two. Um, yeah. I mean, she still does. V- she still wins. She still does very well, but with her, she never has. And it, it is a typical, at least in our area in, in the, now, there are a shit ton more females in this area doing jujitsu. And, and there's a shit ton of females in this area that compete now, which is amazing. But that's there, great. There was a time where I, I saw like, yeah, it, it was tough uh, as like a, like a higher level female competitor coming to a jujitsu tournament just to find a, um, at least one match, you know? Yep. Yep. And even with Mackenzie, it's, it's one of those things where she might have one, like she might have another girl in her division. So now they do that. They have to go best out of three. So she'll, yep. she'll have three matches, but it's against the same girl, which is difficult yes. because then you kind of learn each other's games over the period of the first two matches. Mm -hmm. Um, but it's, it's, it's one of those things, like even Mackenzie has said, like she'll, she'll get on, uh, on the website of whatever competition is and start looking. And she's like, I don't know any of these girls' names. And I was like, I was like, well, that's good. (laughs) You know, that's, uh, that means there's more girls that you might get a chance to fight. And, uh, it means more girls are getting into it. And I always, I remember driving to Ohio, uh, my first year competing just to fight new, new, new guys I hadn't fought before. Mm-hmm. You start to see the same dudes in your weight class over and over and over again. Um, yep. and sometimes they're much bigger than you and you just get <laughs> tired of being underneath them.
1: <laughs> yes.
0: Cause that's like, that was my experience was, uh, I am, I'm six, one, and like my walk-around weight is like 190, 195. Uh, okay. When I was competing, I was I was sitting at 170. Like I cut weight down. Um,
1: That's a lot of cut. Uh,
0: yeah, yeah. Uh, it, it, after the first cut, it it was pretty easy. My 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 metabolism got to a point where it would like hold me at 175. Okay. And, and I could just easily cut down to it. Um. But, yeah, it was. It wasn't It was it wasn't even naturally an in, in, in intentional cut. It was just kind of like I lost weight when I started jiu-jitsu, and then I just kind of like cut that extra 20 off. Um, okay. But that's when I was competing. Like I said, I was sitting 170, 175. And uh, just because of my height alone, every dude in my weight class was always bigger than me. Um, yeah. There was just – I was always the – the bottom end of that weight class. Um, and it was just, it was one of those things where I was just like, well, if I'm going to do this stop I might as well just stop cutting weight. So yes. at that point I was just like, by the time I was a blue belt and, uh, had like more confidence in my abilities and like, and I quit, <laughs> I quit caring about, cutting. I was just like, you know what? I'm just going to sit at my weight. I'm just going to, I'm just going to roll with this. I'm already know I'm going to be fighting dudes bigger than me. Uh, Yeah. So I might as well just roll with it. My my girlfriend, she's that's the one thing she went all all in was competition. That girl has been she has competed so much more than me. Um, Really? Oh God, yeah. And, And like, kudos to her because as as much as I've competed, like my anxiety pre comp is still there, like yeah i just i can't. it's like it doesn't affect me like but it's one of those things where it's just like it's there and i know it and i feel it um and for her like the amount of competition she's done i'm like i don't know how you function (laughs) like (laughs) i I can't i can't like you literally you're competing back-to-back weekends like for me i would have no joy in that till it was over (laughs) yeah um but that was, it, it's one of those things like there's just no, like I've done a lot of like crazy stuff in life, but for whatever reason, still com- like competing in jujitsu, I am not comfortable until I step on the mat across from the guy. And then somehow it just goes away. I don't know if yeah. at that point it's like, oh, it's now it's just a roll. Um, right. I have no idea, but it's just one of those things like I've, uh, I've never been able to shake that pre-comp anxiety for whatever reason.
1: I think it's a good thing. I think it's good anxiety.
0: Yeah, yeah. Because I mean, if you don't have a, if you don't have the nerves, I mean, that goes back to what I was saying about never knowing your skills uh, unless you actually fight someone. And I mm-hmm. think that flight or that fight or flight is an is an extremely important uh, feeling to have. Uh, Mm -hmm. because if you can, if you can push through it, then you know, you're okay.
1: Right. Oh yeah.
0: How long, how long have you been training jujitsu?
1: So off and on for probably, well, off and on for seven years, but it's probably four years of actual four and a half years, maybe of actual training. Okay. So between two shoulder surgeries, uh, breastfeeding babies, uh, a deployment and ranger school i've taken some pretty significant breaks
0: yeah yeah.
1: all um, that being said um you know i feel like it, it's very odd because some days i go back to the mats when i haven't trained in a while and i feel like it's been a minute yeah. and i everything comes back to me yeah. and then other days there's there's a place in town here that I've rolled out a couple of times. And there's this, this young lady who's, she looks like a nothing. I mean, she's, she's tiny. She's cute. She's sweet. She's every little stereotype you want to say. She kicks my ass. (laughs) And every time I get off the mats with her, I'm like, I know more than you. I've been doing this more longer than you. I should be, I should just be stomping you. And I got nothing on her yeah. because she's she started well a she's better than me. So I'm I'm not going to take that away from her mm-hmm. with any sort of excuses. She is most definitely just straight up better than me. But, you know, like you were saying, she comes in every day, she works her ass off on it at jiu-jitsu. She was a collegiate wrestler, which I didn't know until yeah, after the first time. Yeah. They like
0: old. to keep that a secret
1: then <sighs> <laughs> i'm like okay now i know yeah. i just got to get you on your back yeah and nope she solved that issue all on her own too she she's comfortable on her back now even but uh yeah so so really to answer your question yeah it's been about um off and on for see my daughter when when My daughter was born in 2012, so I started seriously training probably in 2013, Mm -hmm. but I didn't get for real about it until well after um, that summer of that year because I was training for Ironman Texas. Mm -hmm. So I was doing 20 plus hours a week of training for the Ironman. I really couldn't fit in a whole lot of JITS training, although... God forbid, I just focus on one sport at a time.
0: Yeah. Yeah. that, And that's the way I feel really bad. Like, uh, Matt comes back from classes and she's like, everybody was asking about you. And I was like, uh. I was like, I really need to just go in and just like, just hang out. But, uh, yes. they kind of all know what I'm doing and and, and, right. and what I'm trying to accomplish. So they all understand and they know that I'll be back at some point. It's not the typical, like blue belt and bolt syndrome. Yep. Um, yeah. <laughs> but it, it's one of those things where like, I feel like especially people like us who are also do the military thing and might have a couple of different fitness irons in the fire. I, I don't yes. meet anyone like us that doesn't, uh, put the little caveat at the beginning. Well, on and off again, since, uh, yes. you know, cause that's kind of, yeah. that's kind of how it is. Like I, I I've been probably on and off again for the past two years of jiu-jitsu but it is like riding a bike it does come back like when i went to infantry school i don't think i had trained in three or four months and then yeah. at combatives i rolled through like four guys without sweating like you know i was right. like no I still got it you know <laughs> it was just it's yes.
1: like no oh it was really funny i was in iraq for this last deployment and they just had kind of a free roll mats whatever and and same kind of thing i mean it was all me and a bunch of australian and u.s infantry guys nice and of course we had some guy who walked in he's like i'm a level something army combatives yeah i'm like dude i i understand and i don't want to disrespect the army's program give me that
0: collar hot shot
1: (laughs) yeah because the army's trying to build war fighters and, and i get it but Come here, my son. And oh, well, I don't want to hurt a woman. <laughs> don't worry, <laughs> you won't. <laughs> yeah. Amazing. My all time favorite line I don't want to hurt a girl. Don't worry, yeah. sweetie. You're not gonna. Yeah.
0: yeah, I have a sneaky baseball choke that my, uh, there was a competition I did like two or three years ago where I faced this just, just literally this carved out of marble Norwegian power lifter. <laughs> Um, yeah. and, uh, I held my own against him, but in the end his strength was just, I, I just couldn't, he, he got me across yeah. a shitty cross collar choke that like literally he was just going to saw my head off with my gi. Um,
1: yep.
0: and, uh, afterwards my, my, uh, my sensei pulled me aside. He's like, you know, there's this young dude named Majid Hodge who has this baseball choke that I think you'd really like. And that's all he said to me. <laughs> Nice. So I went home and I just watched YouTube videos of Machid Hodge putting dudes to sleep with this baseball choke from Close Guard. Yep. And uh, that became my thing. Uh, and I, awesome. I have put black belts to sleep with that thing. I've put uh, probably two or three dudes in competition at this point. Uh, s- just sent them straight to nighttime town on the Sleepy Time Express. Like they had no clue. Just oh how fun! They're in it and then their lights out uh, because it's just a sneaky choke. Um, yep. So when I got the combatives, I was like, "This is just going to be a shit ton of testosterone trying to murder me." Um, yes. And I'm like, I'm just going to baseball choke every one of every one of these dudes and put yep. one one dude who is an ex marine to sleep and then the rest of them I just hit them with it and got the classic. Whoa! What was that? Show me that. Um, yep. Yep. <laughs> But yeah, it's it's one of those things where it's just like I'm a, I'm a one-trick pony, but I'm just that's really all you need. Cause I yeah, think,
1: I mean, the, worlds have been won by one-trick ponies yeah. year after year after year.
0: Yeah, yeah, it's. Uh,
1: My son can get a triangle from any position, yeah, anytime, I have such anywhere.
0: A, such an appreciation for that ability. Is he lanky? No. 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 Oh, I mean.
1: I, So he genetically, he's got some height that he'll grow into, but he's got to fight up quite a bit because he he just turned 12 and he's in the seventh grade. So he's the youngest kid in his class. But, um, you know, there's just there wasn't a lot of competition for him in his age group. So we've had him fighting up for for years. Um, So he's not super tall or super skinny or super anything. But he can, I, I think what he does is his legs aren't that long and it gets him around somebody's neck and just cinches it down yep. and there's no escaping
0: it. Yeah, that's the other thing is lanky guys because they're all legs. They just have that ability to really wrap you up. But then there's also mm-hmm. like guy, uh, guys like your son who will just snipe you because uh, yeah. you don't, you just don't see it coming. And then before you know it, you're like, I don't know how I found myself here, but I'm here and yes. it's bad.
1: Yes, yes. Um, Flying triangles. I mean, it doesn't matter. You yeah. literally can get a triangle from anywhere.
0: Yep, yep. It's uh, well, and your your legs in a lot of situations, your legs are are, are stronger than your your upper body. Uh, mm-hmm. And for me, the reason I got so damn good at collar chokes was after my shoulder, I had no strength in my right arm really. So like, no. f- fighting for arm bars or fighting for those type of moves or even just leaving my arm hang out to get it taken, it would they just weren't options. So I had yeah. to do all my fighting in the clothes guard right there in front of me. Um mm-hmm. and I just got I had to get proficient at taking a person's lapel and figuring out a way to either loop it or get it into a position where it was choking them. Uh <laughs> And then just became like obsessed with the science of like lapel chokes and never looked back really after that. Like if I get you That's in awesome. an arm bar, I'm completely experimenting or yes. had no <laughs> clue how I got to that point. It was just there. And I was like, well, not, 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 no chokes I can hit from here. Might as well just try this thing to get them back to where I can choke them.
1: Yep. Yep. Actually, that was so last week at our family class, I was, I was teaching a group of the kids and I... Very specifically said. I've never gotten this choke to work, or this choke mm-hmm. to work, or this choke to work. But I know that somebody's going to reach their arm up as soon as you start. And and I talked about the the strategic benefit of trying something you know you'll never try to sink.
0: Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Because that turns into uh, not sinking it, not sinking it, almost sinking it. And then you just it just clicks and you lock it in and now it's like nobody can stop this, you know? Yes. Like that's yes. that's how it was with my baseball choke. Failure, failure, failure almost, and then all of a sudden I'm I put a guy to sleep and I'm like, Oh, we have something here. <laughs> here
1: we go. <laughs> yeah, yes. Here we are. Well, and my husband's a black belt too, so that, that kinda helps when even when COVID was going on now, our yeah, dojo so yeah. was only closed for a very, very short period of time. I think it was closed for a month maybe. Okay. And so we're pretty lucky on that. But as soon as it, you guys have a better governor online... than we do. <laughs> well, I, I am appreciative <laughs> of, of governor Abbott right now. But as soon as we opened back up, it was, or even before we opened up, At home, we just pulled out the pillows and and Professor Daddy was teaching class in the living room, and that was great.
0: Yeah, we have a we have a mat room upstairs that I I put in shortly after I started jujitsu. Just bought the uh, (laughs) they make you know like the 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 interlocking rubber mats you see in gyms. Uh They make a martial arts version of that that's twice as thick. Um,
1: Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah,
0: so I just bought them off Amazon and did my upstairs, my extra upstairs bedroom. Bam. Perfect. Uh, and those, so I've been, we've had that room at our disposal for at-home workouts or even at-home roles. Uh, very nice. Since I started. but
1: That's very nice.
0: Uh, the, I had a thought and I lost it.
1: Sorry. Um, uh, I have that effect on people.
0: Yeah, it was like it was it had it had to do it had to do with uh oh, got it because you said your hu- husband was a black belt. What's the uh yes. uh what's your training lineage? So mine is under like my school is under Pedro Sauer, who is uh-huh. under the original like uh uh the Gracies. Like he was one of the OG like Gracie black belts back in the uh, early nineties.
1: Yeah, so my husband got his uh, black belt while we were still in Houston, so it's uh, all Gracie Baja.
0: Okay, okay, yeah, I yeah. There's a lot of Gracie Baja in Texas. I probably if I, I probably could have guessed. Yeah, yeah. yeah there's a there's. Yeah. A... Um, so let's move a little bit from jujitsu. I kind of want to get into um, when when exactly did you join the army?
1: oh my my army saga is quite odd so i joined um i went to cadet basic training so i'm a west point grad so in 1996 i went to west point and like like i said did did the cadet basic training there at west point was commissioned in may of 2000 i was active duty till february 2007 Then had a five-year break in service. It actually, I tried to get back in after two or three years, but apparently I had been dropped out of the Army roles. I thought I was still on IRR, but Mm -hmm. I wasn't. I had been completely dropped off the Army roles, so I had to go work my butt off taking a couple years to get back in and got into the reserve. Did you have to go through basic training or
0: anything again?
1: I didn't, but I did have to go to MAPS. Oh, and yeah. It was fun being in my 30s. I think I was 34 or 35 going to maps. I
0: just I just did that again <laughs> like last year at 30 <laughs> at 36.
1: <laughs> yeah, they're like duck walk. I'm like, "Um, I had a hip surgery about 15 <laughs> years ago, so no thank you." Yeah. Yeah. That was not fun.
0: Um so you said you had the five-year break and then you came back yep. in. The, what was your original MOS when you were active duty?
1: So oddly enough, my MOS changed, but my job didn't. Uh, I was a, a 21 alpha engineer officer yes. when I was active duty. And that changed to a 12 alpha. Yes. So I'm a 12 alpha, yes. but I'm still an engineer officer.
0: There you go. I I might have a blue rope now, but I will forever bleed the red of an engineer.
1: Yes, yes. Yeah. Um, and that was a funny thing after graduating from Ranger School is, you know, a bunch of people, when they opened up infantry, I was already an 04. So they said, well, are you going to go infantry? I said, you know, I, I love the infantry, but the secondary mission of an engineer is to fight his infantry. Yeah, and it's I, really this, this yeah.
0: same damn job.
1: I, I love being an engineer. And I love the fact one of my favorite uh, memes. That I've had since it was, since I got access to a computer where people put words on pictures and then sent them via email <laughs> yeah, yeah, before yeah. memes were memes. Yeah. Is we called those a chessboard. Ch- chain
0: emails back in the day?
1: <laughs> yes, yes. But it's of the chessboard with the the engineer leading leading the infantry that says, "I won't tell if you don't." And yeah. Yeah,
0: and yeah, the, yeah. And then
1: it says, "Engineers, we clear the way."
0: It's it, so it's funny like because that's what I did is I was a, I was a route clearance engineer, and uh, I got into security contracting after I got uh, back from my first deployment. And doing that, I was around like infantry guys, uh, cav guys, you know, special for, like shit ton of SF guys, rangers, you know, Green Berets, yep. uh, you know, Marine Raider guys. And here I'm like I'm just a fucking I'm just to bravo, like. I, so I, I just was kind of like I was I was like I was great friends with all of them, but I never really like spoke up when when they were like, well, there I was stories, and then just right. w- one day they're like, hey Prisk, like you never talk about like what did you what was your MOS what did you do? I was like ah, I, I was just a I was just a combat engineer doing route clearance. Like they're like you did route clearance? Are you fucking crazy? And I was like, I was like, I'm looking at all these guys, like, man, they're all, you know, badass pipe hitters, and I just drove, yeah. I just drove down a road slow looking for IEDs. But <laughs> in that community, like, they're grateful because they didn't have to do oh, yeah. this shit because you did.
1: <laughs> yep, it
0: was a very yep. eye-opening experience, and it was like all of a sudden I took this immense pride in like being a a a, a, a route clearance engineer. And uh, and doing
1: that. So so really funny story. I was in Afghanistan for OEF1 and then Iraq for OIF1. then went to South Korea for two years and decide- that's when I left active service and um, got was interviewing for jobs and I was interviewing at ExxonMobil. and the guy giving the interview, I don't know if he didn't look at my resume or just didn't understand the words on the paper, but he actually asked me, explain to me a time when you managed risk. And I looked at him like he had some shit growing out of his forehead. I
0: fucking hate it. I hate, I hate, (laughs) I get so angry when I'm in a room with somebody that is, has no, doesn't know anything about me. And I'm like, well, I thought I was already ahead of the game because you saw my resume. I guess we're starting at zero. So here we go.
1: (laughs) A time when I managed risk. Unbelievable, buddy. Are you serious?
0: I'll just leave now. (laughs) Yes,
1: yes. It was, it was pretty epic because everybody else in the room was like, "Really?" I mean, it does say minefield clearing operations in Afghanistan and Iraq in the resume. Uh,
0: So, um. So you're a lieutenant colonel. Um, I am. And so what is your uh current role now within within the engineer MOS like uh are you like what what exactly are you doing now in the reserves?
1: I am a battalion commander. Okay. So... I was going
0: to ask. I was like I was yeah. I was like uh I was gonna be like are you the are you a battalion commander because <laughs> I was like lieutenant colonel engineer probably a battalion commander (laughs) yeah
1: yeah so anybody first of all anybody who believes that the reserve is a part-time job is definitely not doing what we're doing dude. once you get Um, to the
0: team leader level and you're getting phone calls you know multiple times a week like shit yeah you know i can't imagine i I feel
1: bad for my commanders because i'm calling them constantly okay i'm sorry i know you have a life but so do i so you get to answer this question so i can get the brigade commander off my back yeah
0: yeah it's uh what uh what unit i assume in texas uh what what battalion
1: so it's um 980th
0: okay is my
1: battalion and obviously it's an engineer battalion Mm -hmm. and it's in austin texas
0: okay is it uh all route clearance or do you guys, is it, do you have a mix of like, um, like horizontal vertical and then the, and the, uh, I mean, do you even have to, I mean, bridge companies still exist, right? I think we have one yes. in Pennsylvania. Oh, yeah. I've got bridgers. Okay.
1: Yeah. It's so, so it's, well, this MOS amazing... is such a weird MOS. <laughs> yeah. Well, I have an a, amazing unit in the fact that I literally have everything. Yeah. So, um, when when we talk about our mission set we could talk about any hmm. damn engineer mission right now so i've got i even have you know the ford support company so i've got all the maintainers i've got cooks i've got all of those people but i have route clearance and i have um i even get some sapper school spots which is fantastic for I the was, reserves because people are fighting for those nonstop
0: uh oh boy do i know it uh yep that's one of the reasons I left the reserves. Uh, was because of just the sheer lack of funding we had, at least in Pennsylvania. Um, mm-hmm. I got promised Sapper school probably seven times, and <laughs> sure. never came through. And that was one thing I was at, I was going to ask you. I was like, Are you going to add that tab to your to your sleeve?
1: You uh, know what? I would love to. Um, it's kind of one of those things I've always wanted, but I would have to ask for a uh, special treatment to be able to get it. And that's one thing yeah, I get, I've tried yeah, really yeah, I hard you. not to do because, because yeah. I am at the rank where you really don't need a lieutenant colonel being sapper qualified. You
0: say that, but I always, <laughs> no offense, but I always <laughs> found myself being bumped from these said slots by inevitably a captain oh, really? or a major or some, yeah, it, it's, it's like, and I get it. Rank has its privileges. Um, but at the same time, I was like, how many officers at headquarters need a sapper tab?
1: Right. Like, and the truth is, I couldn't, I couldn't, in my right mind, take a slot from a soldier. Yeah. I, I would love to. And I've had more than a few people say, you should, or you could, or you, you really need to. I just can't. I can't take that slot from a soldier. Uh,
0: which is... Extremely admirable, but I think in in at the same time, like, uh, with your background and reputation, mm-hmm. I think you would you probably have a lot of soldiers underneath you that would be like, hell yeah, Lieutenant Colonel Jaster, go like, and they'd be rooting for <laughs> yeah. you, like, because who doesn't want like the first like female reservist with a ranger tab? and a sapper tab as their battalion commander that was fucking awesome you know like yeah yeah
1: you know it's it's kind of an interesting too because i had um in today's day and age you find out you're going to talk to somebody you're going to meet somebody or you're going to work for somebody you google them mm -hmm. and i had one of my company commanders and he started talking about women and we were just we were just talking and he started saying some stuff about yeah i don't really know why women want to do this or women want to do that and i'm like dude you didn't google me did you no yeah what the hell (laughs) (laughs) i I could not believe some of the stuff he was saying and i'm not mad at him i mean it was good because i got his honest opinion but it was it was pretty shocking to hear some of the stuff he was saying like yeah um so believe it or not not everybody's all that stoked about um who i am and and what I'm doing, even, even in my very own unit.
0: I mean, well, you're gonna, you've, let's be honest, like, for what you've done, you kind of probably knew that that was par for the course. Oh, yeah. Yeah.
1: yeah. Yeah. And, And you know what, I actually, I have found that, um, the biggest advocates for females doing crazy, crazy stuff were the former doubters. Mm-hmm. It is amazing to, I, I had this guy reach out to me via Facebook and he's a national guard infantryman and he hates the mere thought of women doing anything that he could do. I mean, even the the concept makes his blood boil yeah. and it is obvious on his social media. Well, his daughter came home from school one day and was crying because it was career day and all the kids had to present what they wanted to be when they grew up. And she told all her classmates that she wanted to be a police officer Mm -hmm. and they made fun of her because she's a girl and girls can't do that stuff. Yeah, This guy reached out to me again. I could point to Facebook post after Facebook post of him drinking some serious haterade. Mm -hmm. And he's now reaching out to me and saying, Hey, I don't know what to do. I don't think she should be able to be a cop, but she's my, she's my baby girl and I love her and I want to support her. What do I do? And he went back to all those, those posts and he deleted his old comments. Good for him. And, and so what I found is that I really, I really appreciate those people who are at least honest enough to say what they feel because I can confront that. I can have a discussion with them. And they could end the conversation still thinking that somehow I cheated and somehow the mountains weren't as tall for me at ranger school as they were for all the men or whatever. I I don't know how I could have cheated at that school, but I get that people feel that way and I'm not mad at them for it. But those ones who figure out somewhere along the line that I just really want to be a good soldier. Like that's yeah. all I really want is I, I wanna work hard and serve my country because I that's how I was raised. Those people who finally figure that out are the world's biggest advocates. Yeah. So I actually really appreciate the ones who who are a little boastful and maybe a little rude.
0: Well, you have you have got the people like that that are just like the old school archaic like the world they live in is not a world where females are involved. Mm-hmm. And then you have the guys that are just like, and even I've been to like this to an extent, like I just want to be proven wrong. Just prove me wrong. Yeah. And I'm, I'm hundred percent on board. Uh, yeah. and you know, like, especially now, like in this day and age, like we have you, we have Shay. And yep. at this point, the, all the other girls that have, uh, females that have passed and tabbed out in ranger school, mm-hmm. And now we have a female Green Beret, which yeah. it kind of is unfortunate because in that world, we're not going to know who she is until maybe 10 years from now. Um, right. But she's there. Um yep. And as far as I know, she's... Kicking ass. Yeah. You know? Um, yeah, I've we,
1: heard nothing negative about that one.
0: Yeah. I mean, from what little I've found out just from like, you know ear to the, the the ground like i don't know anything about her i don't know her personally i just know she's through selection and on to the q school um mm-hmm. and i don't know if we'll, i'm sure we'll know when she graduates the q school but the unfortunate thing is is like most of us won't know who she is until 10 years from now when she's you know out uh right or she moves on or you know whatever um because that's one of those. Th- that's a, it's almost funny. She almost chose the the harder route because while she is breaking immense ground, she cannot get any recognition for it. Right. It's it's kind of nutty. Um, yeah. Uh,
1: and for that, I'm kind of jealous of her because you know there's there are some things that come with the attention. There's a lot of negative that comes with the attention, obviously. Yeah. But, um, you know, sometimes I, I do wonder the benefit, the benefit of going to that school successfully is that I get a voice that I would have never had. Yeah. Like nobody would have cared to talk to Lisa Jaster if I was just another engineer officer. Mm-hmm. And And so that's one thing. I I do have a a new voice, but man, I wonder, did I get, did I get this position or did I get pulled for this because I really was the best for the job or am I getting extra attention because what I'm saying is right? Or are people listening to the wrong people for the wrong reasons? Mm -hmm. And, and it's an interesting discussion. Um, I, I hope to hold myself up and, and be better than that. And not, and not try to influence the wrong way and do the wrong things. Yeah. It but, does
0: add a lot of weight to your shoulders, I assume. Um, yeah. Because you definitely have to. There's, there's undoubtedly an image that comes along with it that you feel like you have to upkeep. Um,
1: I even bought makeup, so I didn't look like a complete <laughs> clown when I went out in public.
0: Uh, <laughs> it was funny. My, girl, my, my girlfriend knows who you are. And the other day we were, we were, we were sitting in the game room and she started to like do a deep dive on your Instagram and she's like, Whoa, she shaved her head for a uh, ranger school. And I was like, she didn't have a choice. Everyone has to fucking shave their head for ranger school. I was like, yeah. I was like, there's no, I was like, there's no preference male or female in ranger school. And she's like, wow, that <laughs> she's like, that rules.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I, I definitely did not look pretty with a shaved head though. So that's one thing
0: it's uh. It's uh Mike. Well, it's funny thing is, I have a th- I I have a thing. My like my girlfriend has short hair. Like when she found out I had uh-huh. short hair when we started dating, she's like, "Well, I don't have to fuck with this shit anymore." And she just buzzed her head. Uh, I, oh, nice! I saw Alien Three and GI Jane at a very impressionable age when I was young. <laughs> <laughs> so it's just it's a thing for me ever since. But uh. It was funny because she just she was looking at these. She's like, "All these girls buzz their head for Ranger School." I'm like, "Man, no, they didn't. Yep. <laughs> they had to." <laughs> uh, yeah. But so let's let's talk about let's talk about that first of all. What was your phase count? Um, oh, I always I did more phase, yeah. I, I always ask that to everybody. <laughs>
1: Oof. Yeah. So I stayed there for 181 days. I think is what my husband said. Look the final that. count was. Oh my god. <laughs>
0: Jesus. Well yeah, let I me let, l- nice. so let me also say I don't understand why anyone does Ranger School. <laughs> I, I so I appreciate it. I would do it, but it's one of those things where I'm like SF selection's three weeks. Why don't people just go to SF selection? Like it's three weeks. Ranger school could be six fucking months. Um so I It shouldn't be that. It's what yeah, no it shouldn't. But I mean, you can get you can you can get hurt. Like there's so many yep. things that can happen at Ranger School and it doesn't matter even if you go for the shortest amount of time you can. It's absolute miserable hell even for yes. the shortest amount of time you can be there. It's one of those yes. things it's like I get it, but I don't get it. Like Yes. So that is so long to be at Ranger School.
1: Yeah, so um there were 19 women that showed up for the first day. Uh,
0: Was this another thing? Was this the, the, the first class of women going through? Yes. Okay.
1: Yes. So this is the first integrated class and we didn't know if there was going to be a second integrated Mm -hmm. class. So that's part of this story is that this was a pilot and, and a lot of people don't understand that there was a high probability that big army was going to come back and say hey this doesn't work and we're not going to let women do this moving forward yeah so that was part of the pressure being one of the firsts but um with with the pilot we had to go to our which is the ranger training and assessment course run Mm -hmm. by the national guard at fort benning and the men don't have to graduate from it unless their unit requires it to be able to go to ranger school Mm -hmm. but the women did actually have to successfully complete our tack to get a ranger school slot. So that's one of the, that's one of the other not well known things is that there was actually a different standard for the women than there was from the men, but it's, we had to pass pre ranger and they didn't.
0: Yeah. It was just, okay. Okay.
1: Um, so out of all the women that went to the pre ranger course, 19 of us actually towed the line on day zero in April of 2015. Out of those 19, eight of us made it through rap week. And I dubbed us, I don't know if it's ever going to catch on, but I called us the crazy eight Mm -hmm. because the, the type of women who at the drop of the hat, remember they, they asked for names in October of 2014 and pre-ranger started in January, 2015 and ranger school started in April of 2015. So the type of women who were already prepped because we basically had no time to prep. Mm-hmm. If you weren't already ready to go to Ranger School, it, you weren't going to be yeah. able to go. And and so the type of women who were already um, ready to attend are a different breed, which is why I called us the Crazy Eight.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: So the Crazy Eight of us, we we made it through Ranger Wrap um, Week. We we all got recycled the first go around of the Derby phase, so mm-hmm. the first phase of Ranger School. And then all eight of us got recycled again after the second phase or the second – our second go at Darby phase, uh, the first phase of Ranger School. So two derbies. So, yes. So okay. nobody made it. And at Ranger School, one of the things is if you fail anything twice, you're gone. Mm-hmm. You're supposed to be gone. And um, what ended up happening is Chris, Shea, and I, along, along with the other eight – or the other five – we're all brought in just like every ranger school student is. And they said, Hey, listen, um, you're in for a board. We're probably going to, to send you away and, you know, you don't get to fail twice. So too bad. So sad. Is there any reason we should, we should consider keeping you. And they ultimately this, this board offered five people total a recycle to start over on day one and that included chris shay and i and two guys now the key point to this is there there was no such thing as integrated ranger school mm-hmm. this was a pilot class so for chris shay and i if we had said no we would leave and potentially never ever ever have an opportunity to try again Yeah. so all three of us rogered up and said okay well if if you're saying my only chance to ever graduating ranger school is to stay in this hellhole over summer break which is what was coming up we'll stay so we recycled and had to stay through summer break and um, so that's
0: which is that's not you're not training you're just kind of like you're basically just doing details and shit I assume
1: Lots and lots of details. Yes. So I was a major. Um and I was painting rocks and flipping you know, flipping rocks to the dark side, from the dark side to the light side and trimming bushes. Gathering
0: exhaust samples, you know.
1: Yes. Yes. Packing shoots. So I can now well, we didn't actually pack the shoots, we just got to shake the shoots and get the really dry, cracked hands from it. Yeah. Um nobody would have wanted a shoot that I packed anyways. (laughs) (laughs) So so we stayed there an additional three weeks and then we started over. So by the time I started ranger school again, Chris Shea and I had been there nine weeks. <laughs> so our classmates from the original ranger school graduated the day before we started wow. again. And then all three of us made it through Darby and went on to mountains. And that was pretty awesome. Chris and Shay made it through mountains on a first time go. I got recycled again. And as messed up as this is going to sound, especially saying it out loud, uh, the best thing that the Army did both for me and for women in the military was to recycle me. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I say that because one of the things that there's there's no way to prove or that the the doubters, haters, whatever, really their only argument after Chris and Shay graduated was well, yeah, women can do it for 9 weeks plus or minus, but what are they going to do in a combat zone when it's months and months and months?
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And so by me staying you were like, for hey, 6 months. Hey, g-
0: give me a minute. <laughs> I got <yeah>. this. <laughs>
1: yes. <laughs> by me staying for 6 months and and not completely breaking. Yeah. Um and I was 37 years old when I went. Um I graduated Twelve days, I think, something like that, before my thirty eighth birthday. Mm-hmm. You know, by me being in that state, physically um, and age wise, I kind of killed the arguments of yeah. women can't live in an austere environment for an extended period of time.
0: Absolutely, I mean that's always been one of the things uh, that uh, always fascinated me about your story. I was like, who in their right fucking mind? Would want to do that for that long, like no one. Yeah, I mean, eventually, I feel like even the strongest-willed person, like it's just gonna beat you down to the point of asking yourself, like, why? Like, yes. why do I feel the need to continue with this nonsense? Um, <laughs> yes,
1: and, and I, I was <laughs> like,
0: I have the utmost respect for anyone. It was like, well, I've already done this much, I might yep. as well just can finish it out, which. I guess it's like for me, that's always been kind of like my mantra is like, well, I just don't want to have to go back and tell people I didn't make it. And that's usually enough. Even when I'm like, you know what? I think I should probably just quit. And in right. the back of my head, I'm like, yeah, but then you have to go back and tell people you quit. And I'm like, yeah, fuck it. It's only 10 yep. more miles, you know?
1: Yep. After I shaved my head, I'd have to go back and say, oh, I quit.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, and yeah, and that's really that's a funny little motivator right there. It's like you already, you already shaved your head for this shit. Like, yep. time to <laughs> yes, time to, I did. Time to and the I said word
1: that out. daily. Really? Because it would kill me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So there was these there was these pretty boys. There was some special forces guys that were super pretty boys, and one of them he had this California boy driver's license. Oh, I nice. mean, it was it was so cheesy. And he's like, look at my hair before I came here. So I went into my duffel and pulled out all my civilian stuff. And the next time, I remember because it was at uh, Mountain Lowers, which is uh, where you do all the knot tying. And we were sitting around eating our MREs. And I'm like, dude, I'm sick of your shit. You think you sacrificed because you shaved your fluffy little mop? Look at this. (laughs) And the guys that only see, I have horrible scars on my head. I was caught with a, uh, a tri-barb fishing lure. Wow. And it, so the back of my head has these just brutal-looking scars. I mean, I wish there was a cool story, but if nothing else, it looks it looks pretty badass. Yeah. So <laughs> yeah. They, they see me the in formation with the shaved head and these horrible scars. With You can see the stitch marks were where um, they didn't shave my head when they did the stitches. So the hair gathered up really funny. And is actually like grows in weird directions around the school i mean it's pretty it's pretty girly looking and and then i show them a picture of my driver's license and it just so happened that my driver's license it probably was a 12 year old picture because you know how you can renew your driver's license without going
0: in yeah
1: so it was probably an old driver's license. but i had my hair done i had makeup on and that driver's license i will admit i looked really good at it and they all looked at that license and were like damn (laughs) this now and i'm like yeah i don't want to hear anybody's
0: shit yeah (laughs) yeah yeah that would that would shut somebody up real quick like (laughs) that's funny ah yes um just a sec the audio got real screwy i don't know why sounds like you're talking to a tin can all of a sudden oh i'm sorry no it's okay it's it is the miracle of the internet. It yeah, I can still hear you. It's stuff I yeah. can fix. Oh there, there we go. Okay. There. Yeah, that's better. I don't know what it is. It's just it's a little it's a little weird, but I can still hear you fine. It's not a big okay. deal. Um so yeah, that's that's it's funny how like every now and then that's like that that's your like I think every training I've been through, there's always that one guy that you just kinda have to be like, all right, dude. <laughs> Shut up! <laughs> like, and, th- yes. and this is why you're wrong. Um, yes. There's always there's always that guy. Um, so you said two Darbies. I well, guess what it would be three Darbies. Three. Three Darbies. Three
1: Darbies. Two mountains. And what I never expected, I never ever expected to recycle Florida. Nobody recycles Florida. I recycled Florida.
0: Oof. I think it's because nobody wants to redo that. That like just the idea of swamp face, it just sounds awful.
1: Yes, it's brutal. Yeah, and and it really, again, it's kind of one of those things that was a blessing in disguise because, you know, I was I was really beaten down when when they're like, hey, you gotta you gotta recycle the one phase that nobody recycles. Well, quite a few people in my class ended up recycling. Uh, swamps, and so I, I definitely wasn't alone, and when we got the new guys in for the the new group of people when we were about to restart swamps, they started asking, again, it was a special forces guy in my group, they started asking him, hey, Serge, sh- hook us up, what are they going to test us on? He goes, I don't know, ask Lisa. She took notes, she answered all the questions, she's the nerd in class, she knows all <laughs> the answers, and he gave me and it wasn't deliberate. Like he wasn't consciously trying to give me credit for anything, but he did. Yeah. He ultimately gave me huge street cred because everybody was looking for this SF guy because the SF guys always do great. Yeah, and he was like, "I don't know this shit. Yeah. Talk to Lisa." Yeah, and it was it was pretty awesome for me because again, I got to break through these barriers and have conversations that I would have never had if I had just skated through and gone phase by
0: phase like i want it to yeah yeah it's it's one. it's it's definitely like ranger school is uh it's it's an odd duck in the sense that uh the actual recycling where a lot of other trainings it can sometimes be a death sentence and can quickly make a person be like yeah i don't want to do this anymore um yeah. ranger school it's almost like a a benefit um, in some some cases where it just sets you up for so much more success in the next phase because it's like well I got through that one twice how hard can the next one be you know (laughs) right Um, Right. and even then like it just your mind it sometimes hardens your mindset to where like well had to do that one twice let's (laughs) do everything in our power not to have to do the next one twice and sometimes it's inevitable but at the same time like it, it, it just like even with me, like some of the things I've done, sometimes learning that lesson the hard way takes the edge off whatever the next hard lesson is. You know what I mean?
1: Yes, definitely.
0: Um, but it's uh, it, it doesn't change the fact that ranger school is miserable, <laughs> you know? <laughs> There's no way around the aspect of like you're cold, you're wet, you're hungry. You're not, you don't sleep like, man, it's just one of those things. Like there's no, there's no way to, uh, to really zazz that up.
1: No, there's no way to shine that turn.
0: Yeah, no, no way at all. Um, <laughs> no way at all. Uh, so you said it was now, were you the only female that I, there, I assumed there was a point there where Shay and Chris and, and those other girls, graduated. And then you were solo for a long time. You were the, what, the only female for how long?
1: So Shay, so the other five girls of the crazy eight didn't make it out of Derby. Chris Shay and I made it out of Derby and then went forward to mountains. Chris and Shay passed mountains the first time where I recycled yet again. And so on my second trip through mountains, I was the lone female at that point in time. So that was my unicorn stage.
0: Okay. And then same thing through swamps too?
1: Yes. So I was the only female. I actually, um, I was, I went and guided the, I did a guiding trip for the Blinded Veterans Association uh, last year, I guess. And we walked parts of the Appalachian Trail, some of the same areas where they, the ranger school students go through mm-hmm. and I had a guy who lived in the area show me on his phone. He took a picture of me when I was the lone female in in the mountains oh, wow. back in 2015 because he, had, he and his wife were hiking the trail uh-huh. and they saw me and they're like, oh my God, there she is.
0: That's funny. <laughs> the literal unicorn in the wild.
1: Literally, so that was that was pretty cool to see. That's funny and awkward, both.
0: <laughs> that is str- a, a strangely small world. Yes, um, yes. So then, like, uh, so now that you've uh, completed it, you've got your tab. Do you still get? Um, do do other females reach out to you? Uh, at all, like, hey, I'm thinking about taking a crack at Ranger School. Is r- 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 I assume Ranger School is still l- like females are still able to go through it. That that yeah. that that became a regular thing after after you guys went through.
1: It did become a regular thing. Um, now we have over 50 women who have graduated from Ranger School of all various MOSs. I'm no longer the only mom with a tab, which I think is awesome. It's one of those weird distinctions that. Yeah that I never thought I would care about, but I do. And, and we have we have Facebook pages. And for me personally, my, my motto or my mantra now is been delete the adjective. So I say delete the adjective. And what I mean by that is I don't want to be good for a female. I just yeah. want to be a good soldier.
0: Yeah, I get you. Like, yep.
1: But That's like, at the end of the day, don't, don't tell me I'm. I, wow, you're really good for a female. I, I just want to be a, a good soldier. Yeah, and so that's that's my whole delete the adjective thing. And when, um, so when these women go through, one of the things I try to emphasize is you don't have to be one of the guys. Yeah. But on the flip side, you don't have to hold out your femininity either. Okay. You know, you don't have to hide that you're a woman. And you don't have to emphasize it. So neither is wrong, but also neither is right. Um, And it's a very careful balance. So I I try really hard to mentor, but also not just be a mentor for women who are interested. Be a mentor for men who are interested. Because I found out that that men and women are not nearly as different as we want to make them out to be.
0: Oh, especially in that situation.
1: yeah. Yeah. I mean, once you... The type, again, the type of woman who's going to shave her head and leave her family, friends, whatever, for up to and including like I did six months, is not the same type of woman who's really worried about maintaining her femininity. Yeah. So, I mean, I, I don't lead with my girlness because I, that's not what I want to be known for in the military.
0: I can, I mean, I can vouch for that, and you can take this story and run with it. It's a bit crass, <laughs> but it's one of my one of my favorite. Uh, in quotations, war stories. I remember uh, I was in Afghanistan, and we ran... I was on a training team. It was me, another corporal, and an E-6. And it was the three of us, and we basically lived, worked, and ran missions with the Afghan engineers. It was our job to train Mm -hmm. these guys. So we were running a partnered mission with the Afghans, and we had the Swedes with us. Okay. And I still remember at this point, I... It's Afghanistan, you don't see females very often. Right. Um, At least where I was at, Um, especially outside the wire. And I remember seeing this, this, uh, Swede come walking out of, they had this giant ass, like six wheeled APC. It was almost like a mobile field hospital. Uh huh. And the tiniest Swede I ever saw trotted out of the back of this. And I was like, well, that's the smallest Swede I've ever seen. (laughs) Takes the helmet off. And this gorgeous blonde hair flows down, and I'm like, "Oh my god, I'm in love with her right now." (laughs) She proceeded to trot off into a cotton field, drop her shorts, and take a shit. And I'm like, "You know what? We're all in this together. We're all in this together." And that 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 right there, I was like, "I was like, fuck it, man." This chick, yep. this chick's ride or die. Like she's a bigger pipe hitter than half the dudes on this mission right now. Like, fuck it, you know she's. Yep. It was. I had so much respect for her. Um, yeah, but that's like, like what you're saying. There's not much difference. Uh, you put us in a combat situation or an austere uh, environment, and it, what's between your legs doesn't. It, it just doesn't fucking matter.
1: It can't. It can't. Yeah. It can't. And, and the people, the people I found that it matters to you are the people who never had never experienced the story you just told. Yeah. And, and it's not, it's not just the pee in the woods. It's, um, it's a whole gamut of things, but it's the, I, I don't really care. I need to function. And so guys who date girls who hunt yeah. can totally get it that you don't even have to say, Hey, I'm, I'm a woman who does. They're like, Oh yeah. Don't all women do that. It's it, it, it was actually really funny that one of the things that I had to tell people, hey, please don't ask me this anymore, was how many times I got asked how I peed while I was, you know, rappelling from a mountain and there was no, there was no porta johns yeah. I'm like, the same way anybody else does when you're living in the woods. Let this, rain. <laughs>
0: <you know?
1: laughs> this, this isn't the first time anybody's been in an environment where there isn't a flushing toilet.
0: Yeah. Yeah. It's, uh, yeah, it, 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 I think, I think if people knew the truth about the shit that we all have to do uh, yeah. together and without any preference, it would just terrify them into a coma. Um, yes. And I love it. I wouldn't have it yes. any other way. Um, yes. Because it's our thing. You know, we're a very select, small percentage of the population. And that's our thing. It's just the mm-hmm. the dumb, like, I tell people like, oh, I like, they're like, why do you keep coming back in? Like, because at this point, like, I went from the Air Force to the Army, got out of the Army, came back, yes. like, I'm 36. And I'm like, yeah, I'm 36. Might as well take a crack at the infantry. Um, sure, why not? And it's one of those things where it's like, no, I it, it like it sucks as much for me as everyone else. But mm-hmm. I miss that, uh, like that awfulness when I'm not doing it. Like there's a <laughs> yes. there's a dude I follow named Steve Renella. He has a he's a like a world famous author, conservationist, and hunter. He has a show you can watch it on Netflix called Meat Eater. And, okay. and he has this scale that he has of uh, uh, he calls it it's his fun scale. And he's like, the fondness that you look back on something and the amount of fun you're having is correlated to the misery you experience at the time. So he's like, a roller coaster is very fun in the moment, but you're not Mm going to look back at it in five years and be like, hey, remember how fun that roller coaster was? But like, when you're at your worst, miserable and hating every minute of what you're doing you will look back on that miserable memory with the most adoration and as being one of the most fun things you've ever did. Yes. And I, the suck factor. and it's, it's so damn true. I look back at some of my most miserable times in life with absolute fondness and I'm like, God damn, that, that was so much fun. Yes. Um, and I think if people, more people learn to live that, like, Everybody would be happier. Like everybody, yes. like, and it makes shit less miserable in the moment because you know you're going to look back at it at some point and be like, "Man, this was fun as fuck." Like, mm-hmm. it's a, uh, it's just one of those things. Like, and and I, I, it is quintessential to, I think, uh, military people.
1: Uh, yes. Yeah. And it, it's the suck factor. It's you know people have said it throughout time, saying things like "misery loves company." Yeah. All of that stuff is very true. But the level of intensity of the misery really decides. Yeah. Exactly like you just said, it's it, it's so much fun to have that shared misery. Yeah. And you know, people I've never met before. It's. I I try not to be the. Uh, I try not to be too jotastic I know you. I, I assume you know the term, meaning uh, just.
0: Uh, bleeding
1: it's, Jonas it's a,
0: everywhere I go. It, I learned that term in infantry school. I'd never heard it before. And it was, it was referred to me like what I, the the word I was taught was a Joe hugger. Okay. Like the instructors at infantry school would give each other shit over who the biggest Joe hugger was. So I had never heard that term until infantry school, but I get what you're saying.
1: Well, I, I try not to be too, Joe Tastic. And the Joe Tastics that I talk about are specifically the guys who God bless Ranger Up at five eleven. But you know the guy who goes to the airport wearing his five eleven cargo pants with his Ranger Up t shirt that says I'm a badass somehow. Yeah. And um, you know, they're just they're completely geared out. They probably have their deployment patch on their backpack. And and God bless these people. I try not to be that guy. But on the flip side, I love that guy because when I see yeah. him in the airport, I buy him a beer and I'm like, "Hey, dude, yeah. when's the last time you deployed?" And yeah. next thing you know, I've got somebody I can talk to for the rest of the flight. Yep,
0: exactly. No, I agree with you completely. Yeah, 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 uh, yeah. <laughs> it's uh it's it's our Letterman jacket, I guess you could say. Yeah, <laughs> that's <laughs> a really great way of putting it. Yeah, right yep. But uh. I want to thank you for taking the time to talk to me today. I don't want to take up any more of your time. I understand you've got, uh, obligations as a parent to fulfill. So, um, but yeah, thank you so much for taking, taking this time to, uh, to, uh, chat with me. I, I greatly appreciate it. And, uh, like my girlfriend was very excited, uh, for me to be recording this today. She's like, she's like, can I just listen to the raw audio file? Uh, (laughs) But uh, but yeah, thank you so much. And you're you're definitely uh an inspiration uh to I would say male and female uh, alone. I know for me, like anyone that's willing to to grit out ranger school for as long as you did, shit, like <laughs> I have nothing but the utmost respect for that person.
1: Well, thanks, Levi. And it was it was great chat with you today too.